Steve Tweedle, Manager of Hires Back for Funeral Services in Ocala. It's a pleasure to talk to you about um, the challenges that caregivers face dealing with end-of-life decisions. Um, last year, you served as an expert panelist on our Ocala Fearless Caregiver Conference, and I saw the caregivers peppering you with questions, very smart questions, very intuitive questions, and you uh, and I appreciate how you handled it with such grace and and um, straightforwardness. And I think they walked out knowing a whole lot more about and being a lot more comfortable about making these end-of-life choices than they walked in. So I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be there. So. What do you find are the most important questions that caregivers have of you as a funeral services expert? Um, I think probably the most important question is is most people are looking for they're looking to know that we are almost a, a continuation of that care. Um, now they, they they don't come right out and ask that because they don't they don't know to ask that, but they're looking for a confirmation that we we are going to afford their loved one as much care as, as they they did. Um, so I, I think that's probably the most important questions is, is they're asking, um, you know, what what type of services can we offer to to honor their loved one? Well, what are, Steve? What are the choices? What are the choices that you offer? Sure, it's um, a really good question. Our, our particular funeral home offers um, we're a full service funeral home, so we we can help with anything from um, burial to cremation. Um, the most important thing um, that we're finding is is, is the uh, informing people of the ability to have services prior to any type of disposition. And when I say disposition, I mean burial or cremation. A lot of people don't realize that with cremation that you can have services prior to that, um, all the way from a viewing with the body present um, to something very simple um, as a memorial service where maybe a picture or the urn is present. Um, and and the, the key to it, what we're finding as we move forward is the ability to think a little bit outside the box and have maybe a service not necessarily um, in the chapel or in a church, but have one, um, you know, outside or at the person's favorite park. Or um, I did a service for a, a family. Um, the person was instrumental in helping with the community softball field, so the service was at the softball field, and the wife threw out the first pitch um, as we had a, 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 a honorary game in his memory. So, so, the, so much of this can be personalized as opposed to maybe years ago where there seemed to be a boilerplate to funeral services. Now you're trying to figure out um, the life and impact of the person who's passed and, and, and how to make a unique celebration of their life. You're 100% correct. Um, it used to be when I first started um, as a funeral director, the first thing we did is got out a sheet of paper and asked for the person's name, their address, their, their date of birth, their social security number, and just went down this litany of questions of things that we had to have for the death certificate. Now, um, in the last 10 or 15 years, I've shifted the way that I sit down with families and start. The first thing I ask them is, is what? why are you here? What brought you here? Now, that's an interesting question because what it does is it, it gets them talking about them and, and their experience over the last few days. 
um, the last week. Um, and that's where, um, you know, the caregiving part of what they've been through really starts to shine. And I can understand a little bit more about them and what they've been through and, and maybe direct them as to the needs that they have. Because, um, you know, quite honestly, the funeral, the, the services aren't about the person that's passed away. They're, the services are for the people that are still here um, to honor and to remember. Um, so, you know, the, the questions that I'm asking are, are very, they're personal questions about the person. Um, you know, can you tell me what was important to him? Can you tell me about his hobbies? Um, what kind of music did they like? Um, those kind of things. And so that leads us into, um, as you mentioned, the personalizing the services and, and making them more unique and, and meaningful. And what I always tell people is, um, that we don't do funerals here. We do celebrations of life. We do meaningful services. Um, so, you know, if, if I have a family that comes in and they said, you know, mom said she didn't want a funeral or dad said that he didn't want a funeral, I'm, I tell them I'm glad they're at the right place because that's not what we do here. Um, so you're 100% correct when you say that we're leaning more towards, you know, making them unique to the individual the services. I love the phrase celebration of life. Can we talk a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the question that I mentioned earlier, um, take, we probably run 30 to 45 minutes depending on how, what the family, um, how in depth they get with the questions. And I do have a set list of questions that I ask, but those lead into other questions. Um, and, you know, just with anything else when we sit down with somebody, it's, it's important to ask open-ended questions. And, um, so that gets them talking and, and that does lead us into Again, being able to, to develop a service um, that's unique to them, uh, the celebration of life. And, you know, part of what I discovered on your panel is that that's part of our caregiving to families. Um, the service that we've been called to do or the, the, the work that I've been called to do is caregiving. Um, because I'm, I'm taking the time and we're listening and, and you, you have to on the fly be creative enough to develop this service um, for them while you're sitting in that room and um, you know it, it's important that we we think creatively we're, we're open-minded um, and again that we we ask those open-ended questions and, and get as much information as we can to develop that service to make it unique well, let's get into some specifics. Um, what is pre-need, and what is the advantage of considering pre-need? Anytime anybody's in a caregiver-type situation, um, what I would recommend is, is as soon as they can, as soon as they're ready, is to start thinking long-term. Um, I know um, from personal experience that when you are a caregiver, um, you have a lot on your plate immediately. Um, some your plate's overflowing, as a matter of fact. Um, but to, to be able to sit down um, ahead and think of, of questions, to make educated decisions when you're not under pressure to have to do that um, is huge um, for the caregiver. It's also huge for the person that they are giving care to because it's important for that person to be able to contribute um, their ideas, their thoughts of what they want. A lot of times people don't think about their funeral, or if they do, it's not something they vocalize. They keep it internal. Um, so to be able to start thinking of those things as quickly as you can when you become a caregiver 
in, in, in getting to a place as far as a funeral home or uh, somebody that can help you develop those thoughts and get them down on the paper. It, it's a big, it's a big step, and it's very, very important um, because again, it does, it, it allows you to make logical decisions um, with no pressure at all as far as having to do it because the death has already occurred. What do you think caregivers should consider when choosing a funeral provider? Um, I would almost, um, if, if I were to, to, to recommend to somebody, I would almost tell them to, to keep looking for places until they find family. Um, that would be the best, easiest way for me to put it. Um, you want to keep talking to funeral homes or, or talking to um, anybody that's going to help you with that until you're comfortable with that person. Um, and comfortable with the facility and, and know and almost do an interview process. I mean, I always tell I tell families that are coming in, um, and it, it might be their first time coming in if they're starting to kind of think long term, if they're first time or beginning the caregiving process and they know that this is coming, is I tell them, look, let's just come in, let's just shake hands, let's just meet each other and make sure that, that I'm right for you. Um, so I think that's that's huge. So it it is a relationship that that you're building and you can actually um feel you you as a caregiver actually want and should and need to feel comfortable with that funeral service provider yeah absolutely and that's one thing i always tell my my staff is is at the end of the day, this what we do is we're all relational. Um, we're just building relationships with this family, one family at a time, one day at a time. We're building relationships in the community, community partners. Um, so it's, it is very, very, very relational. You, you've hit the nail right on the head when you said that. Um, it's very important to us that we build those long-term relationships. And what I tell my, my staff is, is look, when when you are at the end of today and you go home and you're at the local restaurant or you're at the local grocery store and you see a family that you served um, either today or last week, how do you want those people to see you? When they, when they see you, what kind of feeling do you want them to have? Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a, very much an interview process. Give me a list of questions that you really wish that family caregivers would come in asking. I wish that they would ask probably a little bit more in-depth questions about maybe how the care is going to continue on for their loved one, and not just from the service aspect, but even from almost a physical aspect. Um, you know, can you tour the facility? Um, you know, are, is the funeral home or, or the, the death care provider open enough to let you um, go behind the curtain and look and see what is happening. Um, I can tell you at our funeral homes, we're very transparent about um, the way that we do things. If I have a family that calls me and says, hey, I would like to tour your facility, um, your crematory, we're going to do that. Um, so I, I almost wish that people would, and, and I know it's a hard thing, um, but I almost wish that from a kind of a, almost a physical standpoint that people would ask to 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 look a little bit more behind the curtain. Um, I also think, again, it's very important to ask those relationship-building questions. Um, what is important to the family? Um, some families, their loved one has expressed to them that they just want to have a, a, a very simple 
disposition, whether it be a direct burial where there's no services, we just place the person into the grave space, or a direct cremation where there's no services, we just do the cremation. Um, so if those are important to you, those those kind of type of questions are, are important to ask. Um, and it's there's really nothing off limits. Um, you cannot any good funeral director, any death care, any good death care provider, you can't throw them off. So you you can't ask them any type of a question that would throw them off. Hey Steve, what are some of the most unique services that you've conducted? I know you talk you talked about the uh, the baseball park, which is very interesting. Um, but what other things have you seen that will always stick with you? Um, we. We, um, we've done services for, um, motorcycle groups, uh, where we had, um, the most recent one I can think of in regards to motorcycles is we had, um, the motorcycle in the chapel at our funeral home and it was sort of a focal point of the surface. So right. we had the person's urn on the motorcycle. And then at the end of the service, what we did is, um, we, had the family come up and receive the urn off of the motorcycle, and then his best friend got onto the motorcycle and started it in the chapel and drove out of the chapel. Um, and that was very meaningful to the family. Um, I did one for a local business owner. He owns a, a lawnmower repair shop, and um, we had the service at his shop because that's how people associated with him, not having it at his shop would have thrown everybody off. You know, it wasn't normal. Um, so to have it in a funeral home, it just wouldn't have fit. So we we brought in tents and chairs and and um, had the service um, at his shop in the, in the parking lot. Um, I mentioned the baseball. Um, we had another one. The, the, the student was a younger person, and he was part of a Jeep club. Um, so what we did is I talked to the family and I said, you know, how do you feel, what are your thoughts on his Jeep? Is this something that you're going to keep? Or, And they said, absolutely, It was that Jeep was the love of his life. So we had, at the end of the service, we had everybody sign his Jeep. So they have his Jeep in their garage covered with love messages from people that were at the service and, um, you know, pictures are, are all over the Jeep. So it, it really is, It's it's a matter of, not having any boundaries um, with respect, though, as a funeral director, and just asking those those tough questions, um, and that's how you get those meaningful services. Is kind of stepping into an area where, you know, maybe not everybody would go, but asking those hard questions. It, it sounds like um, I don't know if this is even a phrase, but uh, hires actually is a really full service. I mean, it sounds like. There's nothing you don't do. Can you give me an overview of uh, hires backly services? Sure. Um, and you're 100% right as far as the terminology. We we consider ourselves a full-service funeral home. Um, we do own and operate our own crematory on-premise. On um, so if somebody comes into our care and it's identified that the cremation is going to be taking place, everything stays in-house. Um, so we can do burials um, as well. We do own and operate our own cemetery locally um, and then you're right there is nothing that's off off limits to us we we have the capability for example to if somebody um, wants to be buried in the holy land um, we have the ability to transfer the cremated remains to be buried um, over a hill that overlooks the dead sea um, we have connections with 
um, people that can scatter in the ocean. We have the ability to even launch cremated remains into outer space. Um, so as far as we are concerned, there's really nothing that's that's out of out of bounds in regards to carrying out somebody's wishes. Hey, Steve, what would be the one most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers? I, I think it's important for everybody to understand that 99% of the funeral directors are in this because they were called to do it. Um, we are, myself in particular, um, I always tell people, I didn't pick this job, this job picked me. And so it's important for, I think it's important for families to understand that. Yeah, you have some bad apples just like with anything else, but a vast majority of your funeral homes and your, and your people that work in them are there because they do consider themselves caregivers to the decedent, to the families. Um, we're in it to serve. And I think anybody who does any type of a, um, a profession that they're serving somebody are in effect caregivers.